Welcome to the Affordable Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hune. Our mission is to help you gain your freedom from the exhausting, never-ending corporate rat race. Because time is our most valuable asset. And life's just too short to do work we hate. Thanks for slowing down. Welcome to the Affordable Freedom Podcast, everybody. So today my guest is my good buddy, Tyler Graham. Now, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. Tyler's one of the, the bad guys because he's still part of the big bad corporate machine. <laughs> Actually, I'm just kidding, my man. Um, I've, I've been softening up a little bit on my anti-corporate rhetoric recently. I don't know if you've noticed, but <laughs> I, now I'm starting to think of it more in terms of like corporate is great, you know, and you, you spend time there, you earn money, yeah. you learn a lot of things. But at some point, whether it's retirement or sooner, you graduate from it. So. And just because you're working at corporate doesn't mean you shouldn't also pursue really meaningful work. And that's something that Tyler's doing right now. Um, you know, helping mm-hmm. a lot of us dads on LinkedIn to, um, you know, to bring things into perspective with, with some of your, your thoughts that you're putting out on, on fatherhood and parenthood all the time. So I really appreciate that. So how's it going today, Tyler? Hey, we're doing well. We're, uh, it's been a good day. Uh, my kids are, uh, are out of the house at their homeschool co-op on, uh, that they'd go to on Tuesday. So intentionally picked today for this recording. So may have a little bit less background noise than we normally would. Uh, so it's quiet day in the house, getting some stuff done and, uh, excited to get to talk again. Well, intentionality is an important thing. So I appreciate you always kind of <laughs> Capturing my attention throughout the day when I, when I seem to get off task a little bit too much, which happens sometimes. So, all right. So, Tyler, you and I have had many conversations in the past. You know, we've connected on shared values, um, you know, similar upbringings as well. And both of us are, are very mission oriented, not just in, in our work, but in life, really. Right. You've talked to me about how you have a family right. mission statement and you guys try to uphold that on a day in and day out basis. So I was wondering if we could start the conversation here today, just talking a little bit about um, the importance of having a mission and having a purpose and, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you and your family. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, I've been a dad for almost 10 years now. My, my oldest is a little over nine and a half. You know, I'll be, I'll be 34 on Thursday. I was 24 when, when we had my, my daughter. And so I've been thinking a, a lot this week specifically about that and about what this past 10 years has looked like and, and how the mission and the vision have shifted and changed and how in, in many ways it stayed the same during that, that course of time. You know, for, for me, it's been, I've been lucky enough, my wife and I, we've been together since we were 14. And so we spent a lot of years dreaming about what our family would look like and what we wanted uh, to go after. And we, we spent a lot of years leading up to fatherhood, motherhood, parenthood in general, talking about what we wanted our family to look like. And that's been a continual topic of conversation for us over this, the past 10 years. We've constantly come back and reassessed, is, is what we're aiming at the right thing? And I think that's so important because with most of what you do in life, you talk about a career uh, or what you want to be. You have a vision for where you want to go, whether that's climbing the corporate ladder, maybe that's starting your own business, maybe that's uh, doing X, Y, or Z, and you have this plan to execute that. You know where you want to go. You take intentional steps to get there. 
And I feel like in our personal life, whether it be in fatherhood, in marriage, in friendship, we don't always have that same level of vision, right? We we go into fatherhood or we go into marriage just as kind of the next step that makes sense in life. And we don't bring that same level of intentionality to what we're doing. And so you can find over the years that maybe you're drifting, maybe you're aimless in what you're doing. And so we'll, we'll talk, uh, you know, obviously about fatherhood a lot over the course of the next uh, 30 minutes or so. And, uh, and I think that specifically is where I see a lot of men struggle because they just, they start having kids because that's what's expected once you've been married for a certain period of time. And they don't actually go in with this aim of where they want to go. And so when fatherhood punches them in the face, which it will, because fatherhood is so freaking hard, uh, that it's like, they don't know what to do. Right. And I, I mean, I've been there countless times in my life where the challenges of fatherhood become overwhelming because they're not part of a bigger picture. It's just hard for the sake of being hard rather than this is hard, but the way that I'm showing up in this hard moment is moving me closer to that vision that I have, to that mission that I have for my fatherhood, for my family. And that's why I think that having that intentionally written down somewhere, whether it be on your wall, like we have it in a book somewhere, a note on your phone, having a very intentional vision gives you the ability to do the hard things well. And it gives you the ability to intentionally lay out what you want your fatherhood to look like. And so as a family, what are some things that you guys do on a regular basis to kind of rally around that mission? Yeah. So we, um, we also have, so in addition to our, our vision statement, um, we have uh, what we call our 10 pillars, uh, most often see our vision playing out on a day-to-day basis. So uh, we have our, our first one is um, be beloved. We want each of our kids to to grow up knowing that they are loved despite the good things they do and despite the bad things they do. It's, you know, something so that that has formed a, a practice for us where when we're disciplining our kids, we make sure we say, is there anything you could ever do that would make daddy love you more or less? And they know the the answer to that is no, that they can't earn my love by acting right and they can't lose my love by acting wrong um there's other ones that we have uh like value the table is another one of our pillars that that plays out on a on a weekly basis in the number of times we try to have family meals together we we want our kids to value that time together at the table so we intentionally carve out nights where we do dinner together where we i i work from home uh, i'm in my my uh, my office as i call it my closet office uh, and so I get the benefit of getting to have breakfast with my kids most mornings, uh, lunch a couple times a week when, when meetings allow for it. So those are the types of things I could go on and on. We've got, like I said, 10 pillars and I could pretty intentionally point to ways that each of those pillars directly influence the way that we act and the way that we live on a week to week basis as a family, um, because that's what we've decided is important to us. So these 10 pillars that you've created, was this something you guys sat down together as a family and you said, we're going to come up with 10 pillars and you just brainstormed and came up with them? Or was this more of a process over yeah, time? Yeah, definitely a process over time. I think I wish I wish I had all of the old versions that we have of our family vision statement and the pillars uh, from dinners from you know, my wife and I mm. sitting down on date night and trying to map this out and, and we'd write them down on a piece of paper and then we'd lose them or 
you know, we'd say, hey, we're going to finish this later and then we wouldn't come back to it. And so it, it's definitely a process over time of refining what we wanted that to look like. And we actually ended up uh, stealing most of it from uh, another couple uh, named Jefferson and, and Alyssa, Alyssa Bethke. Uh, have been pretty influential for us. They've they've written a few books and um, own a, a few businesses that we really look up to. And, you know, we saw theirs and we saw some of their pillars and we're like, hey, this this really resonates with us. There's no need for us to reinvent the wheel on this. Let's let's take this and we'll refine it over time. And we have, you know, we've we've added some pillars, we've changed some pillars, we've we've shifted some things around. Um, and we've come back to it over over time because our because our family has grown, you know, we've initially had these conversations when we had one kid and now we have six. And so, you know, we want to continually come back to that, assess that, make sure that those are the things that are important to us, that those are the things that we want to be aiming for as a family and refine them accordingly. Yeah. This, this idea of constantly evolving is just so important. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I was just thinking to myself, like, there's really no such thing as a plan. Mm -hmm. The only thing there is, is a process Mm -hmm. of planning, which never ends, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's your finances, whether it's life, you know, you just have to kind of um, adapt because we're all growing every day, hopefully, right? We're all trying to get better each day. So you got to be able to adapt. So that's that's a great point there. Now, so I'm also thinking about this, like this seems like a lot to me because I haven't put in like the time and effort that you have which is something I'm constantly working on. But like when I think about my mission, like right now, it's just being able to get this business off the ground so that I can prioritize my family so that I can make sure that I continue to spend, you know, time and energy with them at a greater scale than I do with my career, which, you know, in the past it was flipped, but that's, that kind of drives me. Like that's my mission now in life. And it gives me this sense of purpose. So I think Whatever your purpose is, if you have that, it's going to be a good motivator. But all of this to say, what I was going to ask you, Tyler, is where does one start? Like to to start drilling down and figuring out what are these ten different pillars? Yeah. Um, if it if it does seem a little yeah, bit overwhelming, that's a great that's a great question, and I think one that will likely resonate because I think it can feel really overwhelming, as as with many things in life, right? When you're if you're looking at somewhere that you want to be and you're feeling like you're you're far off from that place, it can feel overwhelming to figure out how to get there. And one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to anybody that I'm talking with about fatherhood or, or life in general is uh, start where you are, not where you think you should be. And I give that advice because it's easy to want to jump in and say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to write down our family vision. We're going to come up with our 10 pillars and we're going to start living them out by Friday. And the reality is it's, it's probably not going to happen. And if it does happen, you're like, you're not likely to stick with that. Um, to me, like being able to, to slowly build these over time is going to be the thing that's going to allow you to be most sustainable in not only identifying that vision that you have, but also starting to instill family rhythms and disciplines and practices that are going to bring that vision into reality. So my biggest encouragement, if, if you're somebody listening who doesn't have a family vision statement, doesn't have uh, family pillars, is to um, have a conversation with your spouse. Like, start there. Go get a babysitter, go out for a date night, and just simply ask the question, what, what is important to us as a family? Like, what are the things that, uh, that we want to prioritize? 
couple of different ways to think about that could be um, as you think about your kids leaving the house one day and you know they turn 18 and they go to college or they, they move out to start their own business or whatever they're doing, you know, what are the things that you want them to remember about living in your house and growing up with you? Or as you think about your kids starting their own families, like what are the things that you want to see continue on with the next generation? Uh, if you want to get, you know, more into that, think about your, your funeral. I think it's a, a, a very difficult exercise, but I think one that can help to create that vision or help clarify that vision, maybe more than anything else. Think about what you want your kids to say about you at your funeral. And I'd say go as far as to actually write out your own eulogy from your kid's perspective. Again, it sounds morbid, uh, but I can guarantee you uh, this is going to be a very emotional exercise. It's going to to probably result in some tears. And uh, as, as you think about your kid standing up one day talking about the impact that you had on their life, and then ask yourself, like, is what I'm doing now going to result in that kind of eulogy? Like, if I keep doing the things that I'm doing today, is that what my kid is going to say about me when I die? And if not, like, you don't have to make a, a hundred changes at once. Make one change this week that's going to make, that's going to have the impact that you want to see uh, in your relationship with your kids. So, those are some really practical ways, I think, to start thinking about what that vision is. And how, uh, and then from there, I think being able to, to kind of reverse engineer it into what are, what's one step I can take today, uh, that's going to help bring that vision into reality and then build on that as that one thing becomes regular and embedded into your family culture, pick another thing, start working on that. Like you have, you have the gift of time, uh, in doing this. It's not something that has to be rushed. It's something that should be just intentional and slow. No, I think if, if you want to build anything great. It can't right. be rushed. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to take your time and make sure that, you know, these changes you're implementing are going to be sustainable. Um, so I think that's great advice. Just one step at a time. And then also be proud yeah. of yourself when you make whatever, however small the step mm -hmm. may seem to you. Like be yeah. proud because you're prioritizing 100%. your family. You know, I when you talk about, um, you know, thinking about your kid giving a eulogy at your funeral, that, that hits really hard for me because I'm thinking back to when I was traveling, you know, I was just having a conversation the other day with a friend. I was three weeks on the road. And then if I was lucky, I'd have one mm -hmm. week at home. So, I mean, it was literally 75% or more of the time that I'm on the road. And this was for the first two years of my son's life. And I think back, if I had continued that, you know, what would my son's memories yeah. of me be, you know? And especially during the earliest and most impressionable times in his life. So I think that's a powerful exercise, man. I'm happy that yeah, you brought that absolutely. up. So one of the things, Tyler, that you and I have also connected on is, um, I say similar upbringings, knowing that they were completely mm -hmm. unique and different, but just the mindset, I guess, that the two of, that two, two of us have, have gotten yeah. out of it is similar. But I was wondering if you could tell, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the experience that you had with your father and how that kind of translates into the father that you want to be for your children. So I grew up uh, with, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, a, a happy and healthy family. Um, I've got two younger brothers. My parents are, are still married um, to this day. Uh, they were married throughout my entire childhood. And I'm, I'm really lucky enough uh, to have a really great relationship 
with my dad today. Uh, you know, that, that wasn't necessarily always the case. Um, you know, we, we went through a couple years of, uh, some tension in our relationship, I think from things, uh, that he did wrong, certainly a lot of things that I did wrong, uh, and probably some, some bitterness that I had, uh, just in a, in a season of my life where I was becoming a dad. And yeah, it was, it was a really painful time. I think for, for both of us, it's, it's not something I talk, uh, talk a lot about often. Um, but it's, it's, it was a very formative time for me as I was coming into, to fatherhood of my own, um, and reconciling, uh, just like what, what it meant to interact with my dad. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we were able to work through that. Uh, and like I said, we've, we've got a wonderful relationship now. He lives 10 minutes down the road from me, uh, is, you know, brought, brought my family. He was making some dinner for him and my mom the other night and decided to make an extra pan for, uh, me and me and our kids, you know, it's, it's stuff like that, that I really appreciate. And I think one of the things that as, as you and I have talked about that over, over the past, it's probably been year and a half that you and I have been having these conversations is that like, I recognize more and more now that I am 10 years into fatherhood, that there, there's a lot, I don't know about how to be a dad. There's a lot that I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of things that I screw up. Um, a lot of things that I learned from my dad and a lot of things that I didn't, which is, I think the case for anybody, right? Like no, nobody's ever going to have the perfect dad able to teach them everything. And so when I look at like the, the generations, you know, my, my great grandfather was killed in a car accident when my grandfather was, I think two years old. And so my grandfather grew up without a dad. So when he had my dad, he didn't know what he was doing, right? He didn't necessarily have the example set for him. So he, he's, you know, he's trying to figure that out. You know, my dad's trying to figure it out. I'm now trying to figure it out. And one day my kids will be figuring it out when mm-hmm. they become parents. And so one of the things that I think I've, I've learned in the midst of that, one of the, the quotes that I've, I come back to often is this idea that um, what isn't transformed will be transferred. And so I think we as dads have the opportunity to, you know, look at our childhood, to look at our upbringing and say, hey, it may not have been perfect. There's a lot of good things that we are going to take and we're going to pass on. And there may be things that we take and we say, you know what, this I'm going to do, I'm going to do things differently. That's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to transform that and do it differently with my kid. I'm not going to transfer any pain that I had to them. I'm going to transform it into something that I can hand off to them. It's going to impact, you know, generations uh, to come for my family. So uh, yeah, a, a lot more that I could share there. Um, but that's, that's kind of what initially comes to mind. I love that perspective. Um, because like you said, you're not going to transfer, you know, any kind of struggles or pain onto your kids. And, uh, it's so important because it is easy to hang on to that resentment. You know, I, I did it for a long time, you know, and the, the thing is that looking back, I had a pretty good childhood, like a pretty happy childhood. And as I got older, it yeah. just like my perception was that with my dad, there was always something more important going on. You know, we were kind of secondary mm-hmm. and that always hurt as a kid. But, you know, and I, I could hold on to that resentment, which I did for a long time. But now I look back on it and I'm like, my dad did the best he could with the knowledge that he had, you know, um, whether it was mm-hmm. anything that he experienced with with his parents, I'm not sure because we haven't really had that that deep of a conversation yet. But also, you just think about like the the culture that you know existed 
when I was a kid. You know, it was like this, if you had less money, you were less of a person, you know? So like he was always hustling to try to provide mm -hmm. because that's what society told him he needed to do to be a success for his family. And yeah. it's like, if we actually unpack all of that stuff, that's not really what a, a kid wants, but you know, so mm -hmm. again, my dad did the best that, that he could. And I want to kind of learn from that and, and do a better job with my son. I shouldn't even say a better job, you know, just a different job. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I think that there, there's so many ways to be able to acknowledge that things could have been different, but I, I love your perspective on this and in our conversations uh, over the years uh, about this and, and being able to see and acknowledge like so much of the good that your dad did do, you know, and I, again, I could say the same thing. Like there's, there was never a time in my childhood where I went without anything that I needed, whether it be food, house, school, anything. I mean, and there was very rarely times I went with stuff with, without stuff that I wanted because my dad was working so diligently. I mean, he's one of the hardest working men that I've ever met. He always made sure that our family was provided for. You know, we, we played travel baseball and he paid for that, but you know, the baseball gloves and the bats and paid for us to travel to the tournaments and do all the things that, uh, that I wanted to do as a kid. And like, he found ways to make it happen, even though I know now looking back, I couldn't recognize it when I was 12, but I, I recognize it now at 33, 34, that he made unbelievable sacrifices to make that happen. And being able to not only appreciate that now, but express that gratitude to him now, uh, has been tremendous. Uh, and, you know, being able to, to now even tell stories to my kids of the things that my dad did, right? Like that, Hey, your, your pops, uh, you know, did this for me when I was a kid. And that's why I'm doing this for you now. Uh, you know, being able to share those, those generational, those legacy stories of, uh, ways that our, our dads did really show up for us and, and put us in a position to be successful, uh, I think is, is so good. hundred percent, hundred percent. And when you become a father to your point earlier, um, you start to realize how difficult it is. And that definitely yeah. makes it easier to kind of look back and, you know, be understanding and empathetic versus judgmental, you know? Um, the, the other thing yeah, you mentioned 100%. that, that I think is really, really important is recognizing, um, our own fault in the matter, right? I think that's like, whether it's a relationship mm -hmm. with a father and son or a relationship really with anybody, like if we look in the mirror and say, you know what, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't perfect. You know, I made a lot of mistakes as a son. I, I would have, I feel bad yeah. actually that yeah. my dad had to put up with me a lot, a lot of the time. So, but, but that's a healthy perspective, you know, and that's going to help you use it to, uh, to fuel progress you know, mm -hmm. and, to, and to, to be more productive yourself. Yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. I th and I think there is, there's like this, uh, it's almost like perception or this, this feeling, uh, that dads have to be like a Superman, you know, like they've, they've just got to be able to carry the weight of the world and keep everything off their kids, everything off their spouse and be able to, to manage it all perfectly and be healthy. And, uh, and, and it's really difficult as a dad to admit Hey, I, I don't got this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm struggling or I, man, I screwed up. Like, and I think being able to, to recognize that now, like fatherhood has humbled me more than anything else in my life because it's realized it's, it's opened my eyes to how much I don't know and to how much I need help, uh, from other people, 
And, uh, and I think that honestly has helped me in my relationship with my dad to see the ways that I had messed up. Like I said, the ways that I royally screwed up in the way that I handled things that I think uh, led to a lot of the, the difficulty was because I handled it really poorly, uh, definitely differently than I would have handled it now. But I don't think I had eyes to see it then. I think fatherhood has really helped me to realize, uh, yeah, just how how much I still need to learn and how much I still need to grow every single day. We got to spend more time looking back, you know, and reflecting. I've been learning this more and yeah. more as an entrepreneur because as an entrepreneur, you look out into the future of where you want to be with your business, and you're always seeing this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this huge valley between where you are and where you want to be, yeah. and so it can be dejecting a little bit. But then, if you look back yes. and you yes. you say, "Well, gosh, look at all the progress I've been making." You know, it just totally flips your perspective. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, that that's important um, with our families as well to to constantly look back and hundred yeah. percent, mm-hmm. yeah, see the progress, right? Like it's like we said earlier, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, right? Like you you don't get to where you are overnight. It's it's a slow, sometimes, oftentimes painful process, and being able to look back and see that road that you have walked, that journey that you've taken uh, can be like a, can be a really encouraging thing. And I think something that's much needed, I, I love that encouragement from you there to, to spend more time looking back and, and acknowledging that being grateful for that and letting that help to fuel you as you continue to, to close the gap on where, you know, where you want to be. All right, Tyler, let's talk about finances a little bit. Um, you know, the, the concept yeah. of the show affordable freedom is all about, you know, finding financial freedom to live a meaningful and purposeful life. So um, when you have a family, we have to be very intentional with where the money's going. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we've been talking a lot up to this point about allocating our time, which you and I both agree is more valuable yes. than money, but money plays a crucial role in our lives. So how have you and your wife been intentional about how you're allocating the money to support your family's vision and your, your goals? All right. Um, so I talked earlier about the pillars that we have for our family and how we use those pillars to direct our weekly rhythms, activities, things that we do together as a family. And I think you could say the same thing about how those pillars direct our finances. Um, you know, we try to take a look at what is important to us as a family and let that influence how we're spending, saving, giving our, our money away. So, you know, for example, I talked about valuing the table earlier. We want to have a lot of meals together. Um, we homeschool. And so my kids are here all day. I work from home. I'm here all day. All eight of us are here uh, most days. And we know that that means we're going to be eating in our house a lot more. And so we have to increase our spending for food. Uh, and we want to have good food. One of our other pillars is health. So we don't want to be feeding our kids a ton of sugary snacks all the time. And so we spend more money uh, to buy more natural, holistic foods that are going to be good for us and for our kids. Um, one of the other things that we have is um, three mile an hour family. That's another one of our values. We, wanna, we want to be slow in what we do. And one of the ways that we do that is uh, at the end of every year, we have a family, what we call our family summit trip, where we reflect on the year. We look at the highs and the lows, the things that went well, the things that didn't. 
and that costs money. It's, uh, you know, for us to get an Airbnb that houses our entire family is, is usually a lot. And so we have to budget for that. And it's one of those things that we've looked at and said, Hey, this is important to us in this season for us to create these times together as a family. And so while to others, it may seem extravagant or foolish or, uh, you know, something along those lines to spend $2,000 on a family trip up to the mountains for us, that's, that's worth our money. That's worth what we want to do. And so I think the biggest thing for us, I say all that to say just some, some tangible examples there, but I think the thing for us is aligning your finances with the vision and mission of your family. Um, if those go get out of whack and out of line, I think that's where you end up with these people that, you know, are spending just like you spend way too much time doing things that aren't important, you end up spending your money on things that are not mm-hmm. important. And it creates this deficit where you don't have the ability or the freedom uh, to actually put your money towards the things that are going to further the vision of your family. Yeah. Having that intention around where your money's going is so important. I've, I've done a similar thing where mm-hmm. I've kind of distilled my life down to the, what I've, what I consider the three most important, like my three highest values. And the first one is mm-hmm. um, my most important relationships, which primarily is my family, my wife and my kids. The second one mm-hmm. are my most cherished yeah. experiences. And then the third one is my purpose and legacy. And I try to think of all of my money in those yeah. terms, you know? And so yeah, ma'am. I actually developed a scoring system where if it's a need, um, it gets a score of a three. Yes. Anything else that's not a, an absolute need, it starts out at a one and it has to get to a three in order to stay to the, in the budget. So then I look at like, those Oh, I love that. Dude. Three categories, oh, I love that, right? Man. Those three highest values. If one of those wands touches on two out of those three categories, well, then it becomes a three and it's in the budget. So to your point about, is it expensive to spend that money on a family vacation? Yeah. But you know what? Spend lavishly on the things that matter, the things that are going to improve yes, the quality ma'am. of your life and improve the experience of your children growing up, you know, and the memories that they're going to have of you. You don't want to be cheap on that stuff. You can be cheap on a lot of stuff, but not that stuff. Yeah. You know? 100%. And, yeah. <laughs> and you have to be cheap Dude, on a lot of stuff when you got as many 100%. kids as you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you find ways to, uh, to, to cut costs and yeah, we're, Shoot, we're, we've got 12 chickens in the backyard now that we're raising to, uh, to get us some eggs. Uh, we're, we're starting the homestead life. I'm like, man, we got to start planting our own crops here because, uh, it's produce is getting too expensive with all these kids, man. Um, why don't you talk about that a little bit more? Cause that's an interesting, um, idea too, that you, you've got chickens at home and you're using that as a sort of way to teach your kids responsibility and how to care for things. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, ma'am. So again, I think it goes back. I, I, you know, I'll sound like a broken record, but I, I, I kind of want to yeah. at this point, uh, with, you know, our values as a, as a family. And cause you look at certain things that we do as a family and to the outside world, they, they probably seem incredibly foolish, right? Like we have six kids. We're homeschooling our kids. We've already got two dogs on top of that. Like our margin is thin as it is trying to take care of what we've already got. And then you see us say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to build a chicken coop and we're going to get some chickens and some ducks, right? Like outside perspective, it's like, that's, that's kind of stupid. Like why you've, don't you have enough to do? Like you need something else to take care of too. And 
truthfully, I felt like that at times too, during this process of building a coop and, you know, using up a bunch of my weekends to, to build this intense coop that was much bigger than I thought it would be. And, you know, going out, uh, when we've got the baby chicks to, to care for them and, you know, I'm sitting there, you gotta, when they're little, you gotta like check their butt to make sure they're not backed up. And this is probably too much information, <laughs> but just the, uh, you know, you can picture me sitting in this coop at five in the afternoon after a long day's work, checking 12 chick butts to make sure that they're healthy. And I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like, surely it's, it's easier just to go buy, go to the store and buy, you know, two dozen eggs. Um, but the, the, the reason that we're doing it is because it's, it's in line with our, with our family. It's, it's in line with the vision of who we want to be. We want our kids to be able to see the value of hard work and of taking care of things beyond themselves. And it's amazing. My eight-year-old son goes out at 6.30 every morning, lets the chicks out or the chickens out, feeds them, make sure they have water. He's, he's, so, he's more diligent about taking care of these chickens than I've ever seen him be with anything else in his life. It's, it's something that he is learning, that he's cultivating as a response of us having this. I mentioned earlier that one of our, our uh, family pillars is health. We want to prioritize healthy foods. And one way that we're doing that is raising our own free range chickens so that we're going to have more eggs than we can eat that we know where they came from. And we hope this is the start that it's going to lead to other animals that we can have that either going to produce dairy or that we can process and have meat. Um, you know, we want our kids to be able to see the value uh, in that we want to see where their food comes from. We want them to have this, this view of, uh, of the world that's not, not too narrow. And so it's crazy. I know it seems and sounds crazy, uh, but it's again, it's in alignment with our vision for our family. And so we've kind of weighed that cost and decided this is worth the effort, uh, and worth the time and worth the money for us to pursue this, uh, even though it's, you know, very demanding. Yeah. So again, when it's aligned with your family, it's worth it. You know, we were talking about how it's worth it with money. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we're, we're talking about how it's worth it with the time you're spending with your family, but also the effort you put in, you know, mm -hmm. sitting in the chicken coop and doing the dirty yeah. work. But you just yeah. think about um, <laughs> something like that and how it's bringing your family together and just the ripple effects that that has. You know, we all want to yeah. be successful in yeah. our career as well. If our house is in order and it's a sense of fulfillment and that's filling us up every day, it gives us more energy to go out into the working world, whether that's for a, a company or on our own and just do good work so that we can earn a living for our family. So yeah, really appreciate all of your perspectives here on yeah, man. such yeah. an important topic like fatherhood. So let's move on yeah. real quick. Um, and this is kind of a, uh, you know, off topic, but one thing that I love uh, about our interactions, Tyler, is that, um, we can have unbiased conversations with one another. We want to understand each other's perspectives. Mm -hmm. I would dare to say that both of us lead with curiosity, if that's not too cliche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, love you're, it. <laughs> you're a, um, you know, you're, you're a religious person. You're not afraid to go out there with your beliefs on Christianity yeah. and your, your belief in Jesus. Um, I was a religious person growing up. I grew up in the Catholic church and a lot of those values that were instilled with me have stayed to me this, to this day, even though I'm not practicing any religion at this mm -hmm. point. Yeah. But I'd just like to have open up a conversation about that. I wondered if you could tell us about your faith and kind of how yeah. that drives you in your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I, I could probably talk about this for a long time and and I know we've we've chatted about it before. And like you said, I love that we can have just open discussions about this. Um because one of the things that I think has been really unique in getting to to talk about fatherhood and uh working with a lot of different dads has been, you know, you come across dads from all kinds of different backgrounds or belief systems. And I think the that desire to be a good dad extends beyond all of those, right? Like I've never talked to a dad, regardless of their beliefs, regardless of their background, that's, that hasn't had that desire, you know? And so, uh, I think it's like a universal thing that, that does unite us as dads, uh, and, and gives us the opportunity to, to get to extend into conversations like this. So, um, for me, spirituality, religion, um, you know, whatever, you know, whoever's listening, their, their preferred kind of terminology here is, has certainly been like a very foundational thing for me. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, you know, I've, I've posted about this before. I try to be fairly open about it to invite conversations. Um, but I'm, I'm a Christian. Uh, I became a Christian at 17 years old, uh, at fellowship of Christian athletes at, at my high school, started going for the free biscuits and, uh, and, you know, ended up having my life changed and it was, you know, impacts my story, uh, even beyond that into my family. So I mentioned earlier, my wife and I, we've been dating since we were 14 uh, neither of us were believers, uh, when we first started dating. Um, but we both had this transformative experience with God at the same event in high school on the same morning, like unbeknownst to one another. Like we didn't know until later that day after school that both of us had, had had this, this kind of awakening to recognize that there was more to life than what either of us were believing at that time. And so like my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with God has, has happened right alongside that of my wife over the course of, you know, our high school days, our college days and into our marriage and parenthood. And so, you know, for me, it's been just this, this foundational piece. So you, we talked earlier about how, uh, having your house in order is one of the most important things before you can go beyond that, before you can talk about having a successful business or being a successful entrepreneur or uh, anything like that, right? If, if you're making all the money in the world, but your home is in disarray, like some, something's wrong there. And so you can kind of think of that. I, I was envisioned like a, like a fountain, like a, you know, three tiered fountain where, you know, the top fills up and it kind of cascades into the next tier. And then that fills up and cascades into the next tier. And I think about my relationship with Jesus being that, that first fountain, right? That's the thing that has to be, uh, prioritized more than anything else, because, it's the thing that allows me to have like the strength that I need to be a good dad and a good husband. It's the thing for me that gives me like the vision of where I want to go. Um, you know, our, our family vision that we have written up on the wall, uh, is, you know, part of the words of Jesus in, in the Lord's prayer and advancing the kingdom, like making, uh, our home, our city, our community look more like, uh, more like heaven. And so it, it's the thing that drives me forward, allows me to be a good husband, allows me to be a good dad, and that pours over into the rest of my life. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's something that's very, very impactful for me as a dad. Um, it's something that's very impactful for us as a family. Like one of our, again, one of our pillars is uh, apprenticeship to Jesus. Like we want our kids to, to know the words and the life of Jesus and help them to to understand why we believe what we believe knowing that like one day they have to make that choice for themselves it's not going to be something we force on them or, or can force on them uh, but something that we hope to be able to live out in a way 
that is impactful to them and impactful beyond the walls of our of our home, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. One of the things that I get so frustrated with is one of the many things I get so frustrated with is <laughs> whether it's religion or anything else, we seem to be in a, a society where we just like to box people into categories, right? It's like, oh, he's mm-hmm. religious, so he's over here, you know, and, and we're not really going to listen to what he has mm-hmm. to say anymore, you know? And it's, it's, it's so yeah. sad because yeah. you think about just the, there are so many universal values, you know, that, that I learned growing up in the Catholic church and hang mm-hmm. on to. When I think about it, I think of things like, you know, love, leadership, sacrifice, gratitude. Like these are kind of the words mm-hmm. that come to mind. Who doesn't want those things in their lives? You know, yeah. like, are there yeah, certain, exactly, you know, mm-hmm. maybe bad actors out there that maybe use religion for nefarious reasons? Of course, you know, just like there are mm-hmm. in other areas, but I just wish we could all focus a little bit more on unifying messages rather than focusing on the differences. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just a naive yeah. idealist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, I I certainly share that that same sentiment. You know, I think there's so much uh, to be gained, even just in the ability to have conversations about it, right? Like there's so much of it that I think can become so contentious so quickly, whether again, talk about religion politics any number of things right now um they they become so contentious because they've been so uh you know politicized or you know to to say one thing makes people assume all these other things must be true and the reality is it's probably not like you know people have their own thoughts their own opinions and and being able to discuss them like this openly and conversationally amongst friends is uh, such a benefit of you know, having relationships like this, that we can talk openly about it. We may disagree on things, but in the end of the day, like we're aimed at very similar things and like, we're going to find ways to, to unite in that. And like I've been so encouraged by you. I hope you've been half as encouraged by me in, in our friendship and our relationship over the past year and a half. And, um, like just, we, we get to make each other better uh, in so many ways because we've just been able to come to the to the table open-handed and, and get to have conversations like this. hundred percent. Yeah. So Tyler, man, I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, real quick to close out, yeah. I was wondering if I mentioned earlier how you are doing very meaningful work, encouraging and supporting yeah. other fathers with the burn untamed program that you've put together. So I was wondering if you could just talk a yeah. little bit about that and then where can people go if they want to find out more information or just connect with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, Burn Untamed is my attempt to take these these things that I have that this, this passion that I have for good intentional fatherhood, uh, and and get it out to as many people as possible. And so, um, we we've talked so much today about how our bent as people is to always pursue more and more and more, whether it be in the way that we're spending our time, the way that we're spending our finances. Um, the way that we're trying to advance our careers. And my goal is to be able to work with dads to help them see that more is usually not the answer. It's usually less like scale back in what you're dedicating yourself to so that you can dedicate yourself more fully to fatherhood, uh, to being more wholehearted in your fatherhood. And so um, right now, the best place to connect is LinkedIn. I post there uh, almost every day uh, with content geared towards fatherhood. Uh, you can reach out to me directly uh, there or at tyler at burnuntamed.com. 
we'll be happy to have a conversation uh, just about fatherhood or uh, anything that's on your mind that uh, that we talked about here today. Sounds good, buddy. I appreciate it. And make sure that I'm signed up for that next cohort with Burn Untamed. Are you going to be doing another yes. one soon? Yes, I'm hoping to. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to to launch another cohort here uh, within uh, maybe the next by the end of the month is what I'm I'm hoping for. I got to figure out the holidays, uh, but I, I want to cool. bring those back. Sounds good, man. We'll take it easy and we'll talk again soon. Awesome, Brian. I appreciate you, brother. Have a good one, man. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for listening today. And if you have a moment, check out my website at reflectivewealth.com. Everything you need to know about my business is there. Because if there's one thing I've learned in my career, transparency and accountability are critical to a healthy financial services industry. Thanks and see you next time.